being at the beginning of this holiday season. Then I made a whole lot of announcements, told you about a whole lot of stuff we're doing. And, uh, and then I went out and I sat down and I went and grabbed my microphone because I forgot to put my microphone on. And then I come back in and we're, and we're singing. And I look around and um, uh, I, just sense, I just sense a church that is um, in a place where um, God wants us to be. And a place where I, I've been praying and been led by God to pray that our church be. And it's, it's the place that I've been speaking about for the last several weeks now. Uh, a body, a congregation drawn uniquely towards each other despite our differences. Whether it's economic, whether it's race, class, whatever, whatever it is, age. A church that has been drawn together in a unique way because that is, that is not of this earth. It is only a divine power that can draw men, women, children from all those different areas and levels together. Uh, that is, a, that is a, a divine act of God. Um, and I sense that, uh, that God is doing that. I've been, I've been telling you about that. And as I, as I was singing with you, I just, uh, I just felt like... Um, you are, let me see how I can explain this, um, you're ready. And um, maybe, maybe what we need this morning is to just spend a little time praying about all that stuff that I announced, that holiday season that I referred to, that we're going into. And you, you guys are ready to hit the road running in making a difference in your families, in your neighborhoods, in this community, etc. You know, a few weeks ago I put that slide up and I, I bullseyed in on where we are in solidifying our foundation of following the Lord, feeding sheep, and freeing the world. And I said that third area is where we are targeted right now, that we have to be aware and begin to intentionally go outside of this place and connect our lives to lives out there so that they're not only connected to a body of Christ, they're connected, more importantly, to their God. And I... I'm continuing to sense that you're ready to go there, but um, lest we uh, go in our own power, I just feel this morning we need to spend some time praying for all these, all these things that we are um, contriving to help you to do that. Pancakes, giving away presents at pancakes. Um, we did this Christmas float. Uh, you got these bags out here that you can use. You have this whole charge to, uh, to connect your life to one person or family in the next year that you're going to walk them through the process of coming to Christ if need be, connecting to a body of Christ if need be. Um, you've got that challenge uh, set before you. And uh, maybe this is a good opportunity this morning. At the outset of this holiday season, when all of our hearts seem to be wanting to head in that direction as we wrap up this year and move into the next year. And before we get Paul's challenge to Timothy, which is also a challenge to us, third-generation Christians, there was Christ on the scene. He passed it to the apostles. The apostles passed it then to the third generation, so to speak, of Christians, Timothy. And, and we are part of that third generation. Those who were not with Christ passed the apostles. They passed it on to those who are not with Christ, and that, that's us. We fall into that, that third category of Christian, uh, Christianity, uh, that third generation. Um, 
before we jump in, this morning we're going to look at the first six verses, maybe before we hear Paul's challenges to the church, what are we to be about? How do we, how do we handle the word of truth? How do we handle what he calls in the first verse the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus? Um, that, that responsibility, we have to carry that torch because that is the torch. That is the baton we pass from one person to another. That, it is the truth. It is the, the word of the gospel. It is that light in darkness. Uh, before we do that, may, maybe this morning we just take a little bit of time and uh, you join hearts together just where you sit in prayer, generally for our church and specifically for all these things. And, you know, as I, as I look around, uh, you, have, uh, you have either been here for a while or you've been here long enough that uh, this won't be an odd thing for you. And um, maybe this Sunday is the right Sunday for this. So can we do that before we enter into this holiday season and before we really take on the challenges that, that your leadership has been setting before us as a church body, uh, that we ask for God's power? that we ask for, for his presence, that we ask for his ability to do this. Because if we launch off and we, we start down the road of all this stuff that we're going to attempt to do to connect to our community, to connect to our neighbors, to connect to our friends, maybe to connect to some of our family uh, who would rather be sleeping in this morning than, than together with the body of Christ and telling God uh, how much they adore him, uh, that is the state of some of our family members. Okay, Before we launch into trying to make a difference, this holiday season and into next year, maybe we spend a little time asking God for his help. Amen? Does that sound like a good idea? So here's, here's how we're going to do it. Uh, you uh, know we have the microphone here. I'm going to ask any, any of you who are here who feel led to share a prayer, maybe specific to one of the areas that we are trying to engage the community, whether it's, whether it's pancakes and presents, whether it's these bags, whether it's this one-to-one challenge, whether it's this... Uh, uh, Hope House I've been talking about us building, whether it's this community garden I've been talking about us doing, uh, any of those things. Maybe you just come up and you pray for one of those specific things and you have a seat. Maybe you come up and you pray for uh, the body uh, taking on those duties. Maybe you pray for one aspect of those. Maybe God lays a couple on your heart. But I'm going to ask you, uh, Ricky's going to keep playing here. Right, Ricky? Ricky's going to keep playing. And uh, we're just going to settle into an attitude of prayer. And can I tell you, this is an odd thing, okay, to ask a congregation to stop in the midst of what you expect to happen. You expected to come and listen to me wax eloquent or not so eloquent this morning about Second Timothy, right? And you just suspected you, got to, you get to sit there, do your 30 minutes under the word of God. Um, maybe God doesn't slap you upside the head with something uh, of conviction. Maybe you skate through this morning or maybe you just expected to, uh, to absorb uh, maybe you came with a right heart to absorb God's word and to see where you need to be sharpened. Uh, and, and I'm mixing that up on you. And so this is an odd thing to do, but I think it's the right thing for us to do this morning. Amen. So here's the deal. Uh, if you feel so led in the next few moments, you come up and you share a prayer. Now, I'm not asking you to come up here and preach. OK, I'm not preaching this morning. You don't get to preach. I'm asking you to come share a prayer of encouragement, of a prayer for God's power for our church. If maybe there's a scripture passage that you just want to read over our congregation, maybe you do that. Maybe you ask God to give you a scripture passage that can be a blessing or an encouragement to our congregation. Okay? And so this, this means you for the next however many minutes. We're either going to be sitting here praying together or we're going to be listening to someone pray over us. And we're going to be agreeing. We're going to be amening as they go on. 
Okay? And you guys in the back, you can record this. And we'll put it online just like anything else. Amen? Yeah. And then we'll wrap it up with a song and a blessing at the end. Father God, we give you this time. It's yours. And uh, I, I, I realize it's an odd thing for a congregation to stop the plan and say, let's just pray. Let's just pray. But as we approach in here just a few months, the fifth anniversary of this church getting off the ground, and I still feel like, Lord, we're, we're toddlers trying to get on our feet. As we approach that fifth anniversary coming in March, uh, one thing I know for sure is that we need you. And we can contrive how we are going to uh, move forward. We can set up all kinds of plans. But we need you. We need your guidance. We need your, your wisdom. And we need your strength. And we need your uh, courage. And we need your motivation. And we need your, we need your guts to endure when hardship comes. We need your ears to hear as we launch into Paul's words to Timothy, his last will and testament. We need your, your ears to hear what is, what is for us. So Lord, before we do any of this stuff and before we, we launch into things that we, we believe are, are led by you, we're moving in a direction we feel you have called us to. We stop this morning, Father. We give it all to you and we, as a congregation, as a body of Christ who call this place Cornerstone Home or who are growing to uh, have an affection for this place and are being led to call this body of believers family, uh, we, we just stop this morning and we're going to express our thanks to you. We're going to express our praise to you. We're going to express our repentance to you if need be. And we're going to do this from individual seats. And we're going to do it as others come forward as they feel led to pray over us. We're going to ask you for power. and We're going to ask you for your presence. And maybe some are going to read a, a passage from your inspired word. And we'll confess at this moment that it is a living and active word. If we put it, if we put it into practice, it is a powerful word. Let it sharpen us. So God, we give you these these next few moments. Would you would you lay a prayer on the heart of a man or woman? here this morning over this congregation and would the rest of us be be in an attitude of prayer
even if it's just in our seats. John 15, 9 through 13. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And Father, my prayer is that we would enter in to deeper intimacy with you, a greater relationship with you, so that we are then equipped to better minister to our families, to our neighbors, to those that we come in contact with in the grocery stores and the gas stations. That, Father God, we would choose to lay our lives down for those that you send in our path. And that, Father, we would be better able to fulfill these ministries that you have laid on the heart of Cornerstone that will impact those that you send. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory, with great joy, To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. For some time I felt that God was giving a a promise for Cornerstone uh, from Isaiah 44, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And I've even had a picture in my mind um, for some time I've talked to some of you about of a dam, um, a huge dam with a raging river behind it and a controlled amount of water coming through the dam. And 
springs starting to burst through the rocks. And finally, the whole dam just bursts from the weight of the river. And um, the river would represent just the Holy Spirit getting ready to just be poured out on this body to send us forth to do all of these things our leadership has called us to. And Father God, I just ask you now in the name of Jesus to fulfill this promise, to pour out your spirit, to empower us, to make us able to do the things our leadership is calling us to do, to give us the heart that you have for your people, the heart that you have for the lost, that we would not see people as a burden, that we would not see these services as a duty, but that it would be a joy to serve as our Savior did. Our Savior washed feet with joy. Lord, give us that joy in you, we pray. This is a poem. Yahweh has returned to Zion. In flesh he came to save and ransom. How can such a sinner behold this glory for ages was foretold? Gather he does from the four winds his people from sin to unbind. Freedom is here. Yahweh has appeared. Come and drink the waters, you, the redeemed. Father, thank you for the promise that you have returned to Zion and that we can drink the waters and that you gather your people from the four winds of the earth and they are out there and may we be faithful to proclaim the gospel of salvation to them. There are people in this town who don't even know that they are destined to salvation yet but how will they here unless someone preaches and so we ask that we would be faithful to deliver your word and the truth unvarnished not watered down clear as crystal to them that they may receive and believe the promise of your salvation amen said the same prayer for probably probably last four years every night. I ask that you guys join with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. St. John, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 27th verse, said, says, Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman. But no one asked, What do you want, and why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reapers draw his wages. Even now... He harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Matthew, the ninth chapter, the 35th verse says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, 
they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, because you were precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. That's Isaiah chapter 43. Jesus said these words in Luke. Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions.
He told them a parable to explain what he meant. He said the land of the rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself. Here's what he, here's what he said in his heart. <clears throat> what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? I'm running out of room. And he said to himself, yeah, here's what I'll do. I think I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, for this very night, your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man, Jesus said, who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, for this reason, I say to you, don't worry about your life as to what you will eat nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is it's more than food, and the body is more than clothing. In fact, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Father, make us bright lights. In this world, not for ourselves, but for your glory. Jesus, 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 there's just something found that name master savior jesus like the fragrance after the rain jesus jesus Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms shall all pass away, but there's something about that
works in mysterious ways. Amen. My wife asked me about a passage of scripture here. If she should, she should share it. And I said, absolutely. If the Lord put it on your heart, share it. She said, he put it on my heart for you to share it. <laughs> so I've got a very, very creative wife. Um, love you, babe. Uh, let me share with y'all from, uh, from 2 Timothy. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach to the world. Preach to the world. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Father God, I come before you today, uh, and I think I speak for this whole congregation when I say we love you. And we thank you that you're in charge of this crazy world. Lord, you have told us in your word in many different places that we are to, to, uh, to preach your word. To bring uh, the lost to you. And Lord, we've, uh, we've had a lot of opportunities before us. Uh, our leaders and our pastor have laid out a lot of opportunities for us to get out there in the community and connect with people and to preach the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, I pray for wisdom for every single one of us here. I pray for courage that we do the things that may not be comfortable but are the right thing to do. For your glory, because, Lord, if you stop this thing tomorrow, let us think about the friends, the neighbors, the family members that, that we're unsure about, that we may not know that know you and your son. So, Lord, bring those to mind, bring those to heart, and give us the courage to act and to be obedient to your word and not be timid, not be scared, not be fearful. Because, Lord, there's no shame in preaching your word to your world. Lord, I pray these things in Christ Jesus' name, our precious Savior. Amen. 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 Why don't you stand? It's a good place to uh, wrap up, 2 Timothy. (laughs) 2 Timothy has been said to be a crux in Scripture. A crux is a crossroads. It's it's a a point where we have to make a decision. Are we going to continue to go our way or are we going to go another way? The way of God, God directed way. It is going to be a crux for us. It's going to be a motivating letter for us. And uh, in its essence, it is about exactly what we face going out, carrying that baton, carrying that torch into a dark world, and not being timid. And Paul's saying to Timothy, You can do it. You can do it. Let me pray for us. Father God, these who are here and those who call this place home and those who are being drawn to call this place home and uh, in just a short time, Lord, uh, my sense is uh, that while we are all somewhat timid, we are we are at that crux where we are going to uh, we are going to make a difference for your glory and we're going to make a difference for someone's eternity. And Father, uh, 
long back in, uh, oh, probably uh, my junior year in college, where you planted this seed for what is now Cornerstone Church. Um, all the way to today, I, uh, I have never desired to be a part of something mediocre. I've never desired to be a part of something ordinary. You've not put that in me. You've not put that in, this, in the spirit or in the heart of this pastor. Lord, my heart is for something, something more, something not ordinary, something extraordinary. And Lord, my heart is for um, men and women to be saved, for these baptismal waters to, uh, as one preacher has said before, to be stirred, to be drawn For the symbolic washing away of sins. Lord, we need to fill this place with souls. We're going to be lost to eternity. Uh, Lord, you see the chairs that are available. You see the stack of chairs at the back of the room that will fit. And I'm asking you to fill them. I'm asking you to fill them. um, Not with just more people. So that we can do more stuff. And bring in more money. And have a bigger budget. And hire more staff. Uh, Lord I'm asking you to fill them. Because this morning they represent souls. And as uh, we sit in them. Maybe there's an empty seat to our right or to our left. Or as we walk out we see the stack. And Lord uh, I thought to remove the stack. (laughs) But maybe maybe we need to see it. And remember that it represents souls of not just friends and maybe neighbors and not just uh, co-workers and not just people in this community that we aren't close to. Maybe it represents family. Maybe it represents children coming of age to hear about your grace. To know the true story of why you came and what Christmas represents. So Lord, this morning, would you... uh, would you cast away whatever, whatever spirit of timidity we have in us? Would you use Second Timothy in the coming weeks to strengthen us? And would you use this time of prayer, Father, as a watershed? As a, uh, maybe as a guidepost, as a, as a line in the sand of our hearts where we say as a congregation give us souls Lord give us souls you have laid a a foundation of truth and of love in this place that is extraordinary would you bring souls into your kingdom Use, use us Lord use us and we confess we have no strength of our own We have no courage of our own. Give it to us. Give it to us. And this holiday season, would you fill us with joy? Would you fill us with joy? We spend this time in prayer to ask you not just for your power, but would you you bring joy to our hearts, but make it show on our faces. We are a redeemed people, and we sing joy to the world. This time of year, because our Our joy is in you. Our joy is that despite our sinfulness, you loved us so.
to make up the difference. You, you washed us white as snow. And so there is joy for this world. There's joy for this world. Help us to take it. Take it to them. Might they see it on our faces? Might they see it in our homes? Might they see it in our marriages? Might they see it between us and our children? Might they see it between brothers and sisters in Christ who love each other when there's no earthly reason why we should be loving each other except for the divine agape love that is granted to us through Christ who came. Came down in this season. So Lord, we sing joy. Joy to the world. And make it not just a song. Make it our prayer. And make it true when we go out of this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you sing with us? Make this your prayer as we depart. We'll be dismissed. May God, uh, may God instill in you this season as we begin that joy. We're not going out there with, with just bad news. There is bad news to those who are perishing in their sin by themselves. We go with Great news, news of joy. Amen? All right, let's sing.